0: Welcome to another episode of Adventures in DevOps. It's just panelists today. I'm here, Nell Shamrell-Harrington. I am an engineer at Mozilla. And with me are my two co-hosts, Scott. Scott, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. It's a little bit rainy here in uh, Central Oregon, which is not a place that it normally rains. That's usually uh, what we call in the valley. (laughs) In
0: the valley. That makes me think of Southern California.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Willamette Valley.
0: Awesome. And Tyler, how are you? How are things in Utah?
2: Um, they're going well. It's getting warmer. And so we're definitely liking that. Um, and my wife and I are actually building a house. And so uh, that's, that's almost done. It's great that we're able to get it finished, even in the kind of COVID times we live in. Um, Utah is not as shut down as some of the other states. So people are still allowed to, to build houses, thank goodness, and finish off the work that, that we're doing. So we're actually one of the lower, uh, states, uh, as far as numbers and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully fingers crossed we stay that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hope so too. The same cannot be said about Washington.
2: Mm.
1: Got hit early.
2: Yeah. I have, I have a a colleague in Michigan, um, Mm. which is also heavily hit. Uh, so yeah, you know, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to all our listeners who are still kind of going through this and and uh, we'll make it out together, but uh, we're all in this together, so. Of
0: course.
3: This episode is sponsored by Gravitational. As your team and cloud infrastructure grows, you may want to reevaluate how you access SSH servers and Kubernetes clusters. Gravitational Teleport is an emerging open source replacement for OpenSSH, which was built for modern cloud workloads. Teleport is opinionated, it does not allow SSH keys, and instead it insists on certificate-based authentication, making it dead easy to set up and use. Teleport is fully compatible with your SSH and Kubernetes tooling, comes with a beautiful web UI and an audit log, and it allows users to access servers outside of data centers like IoT devices. It was called Teleport because it creates the illusion that all your company's servers are in the same room with you, even if some of them are self-driving vehicles. Download Teleport on Gravitational.com slash Teleport or find it on GitHub.com slash Gravitational slash Teleport.
0: All right. Well, it's uh, again, it's just panelists today and Scott has a cool project he wants us to talk about. Scott, take it away.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I, for my day job at Stelligent, you know, we are primarily focused on AWS and so that means we are heavy AWS tool users. Uh, and so okay, kind of a, this of infrastructure is code. And on AWS, the primary infrastructure as code tool is cloud formation. Uh, you know, it when, when kind of AWS was launched, you know, this was it, actually Bezos, his whole approach was like, at one point, you know, there's actually some famous letter that circulates out around out there about how... He wanted everybody who was building services, you know, whether it was like selling books or whatever, they needed to build a service endpoint that everybody could then, you know, consume to interact with, right? And so that's kind of how we got started with AWS. And so whenever when they released, you know, the first versions of like S3 and and those types of things, it was only available through like an API, right? And so for a long time, uh, you basically if you wanted to like spin up infrastructure a lot of th- like, maybe, maybe there's you could do, you could like say launch an EC2 instance in the console, but maybe certain things you could only do through code. And so they've always made kind of, of, of AWS. And and so and while you can do all of this infrastructure as code with those SDKs, they're going to be very, know it's building software it's it's a big big project right so you you need to it's just more involved right and so the idea with cloud formation is cloud formation is a yaml file right and so you can specify things like a vpc and subnets and you know internet gateways and firewalls and all those fun things and then you put you know you then put those things within you put your ec2 instances within those vpcs and then within those subnets and all those things and right and one of the things is that cloud formation gets really like to build out like a subnet with like say two public subnets and I'm sorry, a, to build a like a VPC with two public subnets and two private subnets, attaching, you know, network and and then then you you know, you can you could literally spend like an hour or more just building that one thing, right? And so while CloudFormation does like this amazing thing and gives you this really templated approach uh, and you can, you know, use variables throughout so that, that you know, this thing is reusable. So you can, you know, you can use it in your environment or you could go into like a whole new AWS environment and another availability zone and it's going to pick all of those variables up and do it. Um, but, you know, one of the things is like to, to do automation on the cloud formation uh, you needed to write like a batch script or, or a shell script uh, or like a, you know, a Python script to actually, you know, connect to AWS and upload it. And, and then it, the whole process would run and you would even need to write um, something like they, they did add to like the AWS CLI where it would write um, little, you know, like command line things that it would actually ping Cloud formation as it's deploying this infrastructure and it's like waiting and giving you updates. And so, like, every part of even the Cloud formation process was still had a lot of manual kind of management of it. And so, kind of the primary thing I wanted to talk about today was AWS CDK, which is means cloud development kit. And it's basically a software kit that's built specifically to kind of sit on top of these same classes in cloud formation uh, because it, it's actually, it, the whole, so you write basically software in the four supported languages, Python, uh, C Sharp, JavaScript, TypeScript also. Um, and what is the C Sharp, Java, Python, JavaScript, TypeScript. Those are four support uh, languages, right? And so what it allows you to do is just create, you, you, they they build these constructs that are really simple, and so you literally can have like a one line construct that builds that VPC, and that default VPC is like something like 300 lines of CloudFormation template that would take hours for you to create. Now, obviously, it's very opinionated, which to some is a big downside, but for others, it you know it saves you a lot of time, and it's really good for prototyping, and so it just allows a lot of really rapid development. Um, and so, so to get one of the things I wanted to kind of go back to is it, it, one of the things, so what they did when they kind of built CDK is they, they built, they they built something called, let me get it up. It's actually called JSII. And it, what it, this is actually kind of a tool with a bunch of JavaScript classes that is kind of the foundation of CDK. And then from this tool, it, Will generate all these other language, um, all this other language support, right? And so that, that's kind of one of the, f- the foundations of this development kit. And you actually can use it, believe it or not, you could use this to build your own, you know, multi language, uh, you know, software development kit if you wanted. Um, so I think that's kind of neat. Uh, but with CDK, what they did first was they went in, they would go in and go and create their constructs that were based around these AWS uh, like cloud, um, the cloud formation like objects. So like, let me just pull up the, the documentation on this. So it's.
0: I'm uh, taking a look at the website right now. So what I'm noticing is it compiles what you write in your language in CDK into a cloud formation template is, is that correct? Got it. Yes. Yes. So you could write in JavaScript or whatever languages they support and it will compile that into a CloudFormation uh, uh, template so Correct. you don't have to know CloudFormation. You can stick to the language yeah. you're most familiar with. That's really yeah. cool.
1: Yeah, it's, and it's really good because um, it handles the whole process, right? So, so in CloudFormation, the thing that you're deploying is a stack. And so everything, ostensibly, that's in that YAML file is a stack, and you have to like I, I talked about how you have to figure out a way how to deploy this stack into your AWS account, right? Because everything in, you know, when you're deploying this things, you're deploying into a region, right? Because everything is organized into infrastructure. Um, but with CDK, you're able to um, I'm trying to figure out how. Like I've kind of lost my place there. I'll edit that for a moment. <laughs> So with CDK, it actually allows you to to do the whole deployment processes and it manages it and actually kind of gives you like this really pretty output where it's like, it's saying, oh, it's actually kind of mirroring what you would see in the cloud formation, like dashboard, where it's saying, okay, we've requested to create these resources. So we're creating these resources. And then whenever it creates them, it updates the status in like in the text window to say that it's been created, and so like you know maybe it's creating fifty or hundred objects, and this whole process is just kind of handled. So there's a lot of major advantages to using CloudFormation. Um, you know, one of the things I like to say is if you're considering multi-cloud, that are doing the term kind of more platform-independent things. But I f- I feel like if you're going to be seriously focused on AWS it's really worth it to focus on the AWS tools just because in my vague opinion, I, have, I don't have a lot of experience with a number of these other... Um, so there's something called Sparkle Formation, which is something that is essentially a multi-platform, so GCP, Azure, that allows you to, to do this infrastructure as code, creation across all of those platforms, right? I I don't have a lot of experience with, I have experience with Terraform and CloudFormation and Ansible, but most of these other things I don't really have um, experience with because even before, you know, CDK was released in last summer, basically in the summer of 2019. And there have been a a handful of other tools Called like Vapor Shell that's PowerShell based and former, which is also creates cloud formation and troposphere. And there's just there's a bunch of these things out there. So I've had people that you know, longtime cloud infrastructure engineers be like, well, where does this thing fit in here? And and mostly my recommendation is just go check it out and because de- t- you can really like you can literally install the CDK CLI start up a little like project and then to, de- you know, add like a VPC and deploy it. And you can kind of get a feeling for what it's like to do some, some CDK development. Um, Cause it, so one of the things I was trying to, I was, I was kind of getting to was, so one of the advantages you have with, with cloud formation over say Terraform is that whenever when you're doing like a deployment and that deployment fails halfway through because there's some validation it couldn't figure out or you, there's like, you know, the Docker image you specified is just totally wrong or it's out of date or the service is down. It, 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 the Formation just automatically rolls back all of those infrastructure changes and it puts you back at the, the place you were before you actually started that deployment. And based on my experience with, with Terraform, if you have a failed deployment, you then have to often trigger Oh, I'm now yes, I want to roll it back. It's not just kind of like an automatic process. Um, and it's a bit it's, like you know, doing
0: surgery sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I and I, I'm not. I definitely don't want to make this about me. Like, you know, tr- bagging on Terraform or anything like that. Because I think it's a fantastic tool. I really, really like it. Um, I just think that like there are, you know, when you have these super tightly integrated services, they just tend to like work a lot better whenever, if you're a a Mac user, it just then if you're an iPhone user and a windows user, you know, there's, it just kind of meshes better. So I've been talking forever. So I figured maybe you guys would have some questions about everything I've spouted out at this point, but.
2: (laughs) Well, I like what you said about opinionated software because I have opinions. Yeah. Um, And sometimes (laughs) the opinion is I like opinionated software. Um, and I kind of, a, a number of years ago, before I got into DevOps, probably about 15 years ago, I was getting into web development with Ruby on Rails. And then I moved into, uh, Cloud Foundry and Cloud Foundry is essentially an opinionated cloud tool, right? Um, yes, it's agnostic to which, um, cloud you put it on, but, um, it's, it has very strong opinions and I, um, I have some other thoughts about where we could go with opinions and that maybe Kubernetes doesn't have as many strong opinions. And yeah. I think that's one of its greatest weaknesses is that yeah. it's like, eh, do what you want. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, but so coming back to what you're saying, um, it is intriguing to see what, what I could get done with it. But I I think that the use case that came to mind for me was I'm a startup and AWS is de facto. Um, and I have this tool and it would help people who are still only running on maybe five to 10 to 50 servers, um, not have to learn Terraform, which is, has its own learning curve, uh, or any of these type of, uh, infrastructure tools. And so, yeah, like you said, I could definitely see a a need there for, for very small startups that are surgical, um, when you get to the larger scale, though, people are much more like, okay, we need something we can hire for, something that a lot of people uh, get into, and we also want some flexibility. So that's why Kubernetes is, um, and Terraform and, and, you know, you could throw out all of the technological buzzword bingo here. Um, but uh, but yeah, some of those tend to get used for for those for the big Companies, and, but then they still want to standardize. So like the company I work at, Cengage, an education company, we still want to standardize on things so that people can be cross um, capable in different areas and that we're not uh, stepping on each other's toes because uh, we don't have uh, all the cloud a- a- AWS, uh, or excuse me, cloud CDK, AWS CDK um, <laughs> experience. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's, it's definitely intriguing. And, and I think one of the things that you said in our previous episode is that you've actually put together a course. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just did like a little free course on this. Um, mostly just cause I enjoy doing it. I'm trying to like push myself to do more, more interesting things around these stuff. And I've actually, even when I was running a business with my wife, we, we created a lot of ed, like kind of educational products um, mostly it was her stuff, all food related. So I, this was my, I guess, second attempt to create like an info product just for myself. So I wrote a, I wrote a book on retargeting probably five or six years ago, <laughs> but yeah, so this was a first screen cast kind of, and it's, it's because it's interesting Udemy, like if you want to do a free course, it has to be less than an hour. So it's only like 30 minutes. It's really, really not that crazy, but it's, it's meant to be just something like, Hey, if you're curious about something, here's like a quick light intro to it, so.
0: That's awesome, I remember when I was working at Chef, uh, my first few years there at least, Chef was not very opinionated. Uh, I was very much of the, we are going to give you the tools to do what you want, you can write whatever you want in Ruby, you can add it to those tools. You know, here here's this big box of tools, now go do DevOps. But we found a lot of customers were, you know, almost begging us for to have opinions. Uh, the nice thing about opinion aid software is it often, at least at first, allows you to move faster uh, because there's a proven path forward. Uh, on political campaigns, we've used as much baked-in Uh, on the rails AWS as we possibly can because speed is absolutely critical and we need to get small simple things out there as quick as possible. But as you said, I can see when you get to a big enterprise, particularly something that has like a massive legacy application they need to move to the cloud, then you need a lot more customization, at least at first.
3: Early in my career, I figured out which jobs were worth working at and which ones weren't, mostly by trial and error. That's devchat.tv slash job book.
1: Yeah. And the reality is this soft, you know, this deployment infrastructure's code deployment kit should be fairly flexible. I mean, the idea is that if you're going to, if you can deploy it in cloud formation, you should be able to deploy it in CDK and you should programming language and it's wrapped in this beautiful kind of deployment process. And, you know, you can more easily kind of, you know, inject that into your CI/CD pipeline and everything. So I, I think it, um, I think it's, it's like a, th- it, th- this is part of why when I started off talking about this, where I talked about the SDKs and then CloudFormation and now CDKs, because this is kind of like this third iteration of how you can, you know, automate building infrastructure, which is, in my opinion, like the way to do it always, because it just is, you know, I'm literally... So for for my own personal, I have some personal apps that are on Heroku and I never built anything to automate stuff. And I'm trying to like upgrade an app from Python 2 to 3. And I was just trying to spin up like a new version, a new little test thing. And I mean, like I still spent like an hour on it and it's still not working yet because I, I need to get all the, you know, just really easy. Like if you don't automate this stuff to then when you go need it, and if you just had it, like it would be up in no time. And so it's, it's, I think it's the way to do it. So Another, like
2: a uh, use case came came to mind for me, yeah. um, which was if you're just getting started um, in cloud formation or these type of tools, uh, it could be a good way to rapidly prototype and have it export to those um, to, to a full cloud formation. And Uh, but I, I could also see potential weakness where it's like, if you really need to get into some complexities, um, and some nuances for, for your network, um, does it become more of a hindrance if you actually become, uh, capable in like cloud formation? Do you have any thoughts on, on that?
1: Well, there are, um, when AWS releases like a new, a new store, you know, they very recently, um, uh, what was it? They very recently enabled the ability to attach EFS like network shares to a um, like an ECS. So like a container before you could not attach this network attached storage to a container. It only allowed you to use like the local storage on in the container, so to speak, or, you know, so um, and so that is something. So when it's a new feature and it's not, you know maybe they you know their software development teams are not like all in lockstep so this, you know there's different people doing the cloud formation software development so it might take 3 to 6 months for that to catch up for it to be available inside of cloud formation and so the, so cdk is 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 live by like cloud support right um and so yeah it definitely it definitely has these hindrances, right? And so whenever, if you're working at the bleeding edge, it's going to have, um, you know, occasional places. But I know that AWS has spent a lot, they spent a lot of effort in 2019 trying to catch up. And so, and they finally surpassed. So believe it or not, in 2019, Terraform still had the lead on the number of resources that it supported. Like they literally supported more resources <laughs> than um, cloud formation did but they i know that they've really made an effort to kind of catch up to that you know especially when you have 160 something services or more maybe even like 180 or something like i don't know, who knows anymore you know you know it's that's a it's a lot of a lot of stuff to keep 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 up on you know, so I, one of the things I'll just quickly define that I wanted to kind of define off the front was kind of explaining what actually infrastructure is code, at least in my definition. You know, obviously I think this is a best practice for deploying modern infrastructure. And so, you know, the idea is that you, you know, obviously you have your software in, you know, kind of revision, revision control. You have it in Git or maybe Mercurial or something else, uh, team foundation, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you do the same thing with this infrastructure as code stuff, you know, it gets its own re- repository, you know, you, you check it in, you have, maybe you still have software reviews and those types of things. And you use, you still use your CICD pipelines to, to build test and deploy this infrastructure. Um, obviously the v- varying levels of complexity that, that you could be here, like d- does the, you know, um, does the, update to your software, like your application. Does, is that the only thing that triggers your, maybe like an infrastructure deployment or are they, that's you know, up to you on the implementation details. But I think ultimately this is about like making sure that you can rebuild all of this environment from code in a reasonable amount of time, you know, whether that's, you know, obviously that's very defined by the organization, but a few hours at most, (laughs) you know, I guess it matters how big, you know, do you have giant databases? Do you have other very complex time constrained resources?
0: I remember, I think it was back in 2011, 2012, I was working at a startup, a cloud startup, and there was intense resistance on the part of a lot of the sysadmins to the idea of infrastructure as code. Hmm. And I mean, there were a lot of reasons they gave for it, but uh, when I dug into it, I found the biggest fear they had was all this very specialized knowledge that they constructed over years and years and years of how to hand configure a server, what to look for when you saw a certain error was suddenly going to be useless. And what I've noticed over, you know, the past eight years or so it, that definitely isn't the case. That knowledge is still needed, but it's captured now when you use infrastructure as code, it's not living only in one person's head, which makes, uh you know reduces the risk of your business quite a bit
1: mm yeah definitely yeah, and i you know i mean it's there's something incredibly satisfying about you know, oh well, I have this deployed in my a test environment now we want to go to push this production, and it's the process is just the same we're just now maybe reconfiguring the pipeline or whatever you know and it it's just it works it just like you have this very like strong reliability that it's going to work over and over again and you know i think that's just super super important today in modern infrastructure so um, you know one of the things i was going to kind of kind of point out was the this idea in in CDK you have these constructs that are built around the cloud formation Classes. So in in CloudFormation, the classes are something like AWS colon colon the name of the service colon colon maybe like a part of it. So in like CloudTrail, which is like like the API log, like it logs everything that somebody that you will do in your AWS account. So it's like a security, you know, governance mechanism. And so and that you can guarantee that there will be a a construct in cdk that is like cfn cloudtrail because the idea is that they're going to map all of those those constructs into cdk so that you can go down and configure things at that level so oftentimes the document there's these gaps on documentation and the way you kind of close those documentation gaps is that you can then go over to the the uh, related uh, cdk uh, class, and you can literally look at individual aspects on there because a lot of times it, it's one of the things that's kind of weird about cloud formation at times is there will be this required attribute that only has one value but you still have to like put that in like you know like logging true or something I don't know like it, it's really it has some little funny things in there that you like only only if you look in the documentation um, will you see these things and sometimes it's you think it's going to be like a Boolean value. It's going to be like a true or false thing, but it's not. You actually have to go in there and it's some kind of like static value. So, you know, these are just some kind of the like super specific things of this tool, right? Um, And I do think long-term, if you're going to be doing a lot of this infrastructure as code, you do need, if you're going to be using CDK, you do need more and more CloudFormation knowledge. Um, But I think, you know, it's, it's, not that challenging. I I actually think it's a lot more difficult to learn the cloud formation um, by hand because you you get into this situation where you start like, okay, well, well, how do I, how do these all connect? Because you're like, you're creating these individual pieces in there, right? And then you, but you have to associate logically, you know, this is some logical thing. And it's like, I have to associate this subnet, now with the VPC. So how do I do that? And sometimes there are these like weird things that you don't even expect that are like, I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think of one of the examples. It's a lot of it is around this networking. Like you, like, I want to say, like when you go to attach like a route to a route table, there's, it's like, there's some kind of like intermediate thing that you have to, and so it, there's just some weird stuff like that. But if you're doing something like CDK, a lot of that stuff's abstracted. And I think, uh